I'll get that mooted. Who are you lot playing today? Who's that? I was saying, who are you lot playing today? We had a um, Reading yesterday. Oh, yeah. How did that go? It's all right. Smacked them. Mm. Those quarters, the ABL quarters. Was mm. that the time or so? Yeah. Mm. Um, I practiced today. And uh, stayed and did the BBL practice. But What's the team looking like? Is it nice? BBL team stats this year. Is it? Fucking stats, man. They're ridiculous. We'll see. we'll see what happens, man. Mm. Do you reckon you can go all the way? I mean, the, yeah, the BBL guys will win some, will win a lot. Yeah. I think with us. I think I mean we got Barking Abbey next next Wednesday. Oh yeah, big game. So yeah, like I think we'll be all right. They're not as good as they ever have been in their previous years. Yeah. Um, but fucking Barking Abbey, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's Myers Co saying? Are they still good? Yeah, they can it. We we beat them at home by two. Mm. And then we lost to them in division two by like six. And then we played them at their place and lost, but we, we took the younger lot. Oh, okay. Like, only by like 12 we lost by. So they're up and down, man, but they're playing well at the minute. That's the scary thing. Mm. They're like trending as the year goes on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. How's Ped playing? Because I, I played with him for a bit in Finland, you know, when uh, the Rutland lot go. Oh, think... what, Pedro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's all right, man. Mm. He's not in Gumblad, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I remember he was always a decent shooter, but his attitude was so bad. Yeah, he does walk around like walks around a bit like oh, when I've seen him, walks around like he's, he's got a proper chip on his shoulder. Mm, yeah, um, sounds about he can shoot the fucking ball, man. Yeah, he can shoot the ball, he can proper shoot the ball. Um, I didn't realize he was a Nottingham lad though, you know. I got told that the other day. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was Irish or something. He looks all mm. he looks like, a, like something like that. Yeah, fully, I can't lie. I can't believe he went all the way to Myersco. Yeah, especially when he's got hoods right next door as well. Andy, 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 Charles, 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 yeah. mm. You know, if he wanted to play EABL, like, but I guess maybe it was the right fit. He's killing it there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so we'll just get we'll just get into it. Obviously, just a case of like answering pretty much answering questions and that. Obviously, just try and go into a bit of detail, and I'll just go off of whatever you're saying as well. Um, yeah. But I'm, obviously, if I'm not looking at you, it's not because I'm not listening. I'm just looking. But yeah. on the next question and that, so. <laughs> All right. Hello and welcome to episode three of Baller's Diary. Today I'm here with Lewis Chamberlain, who is the head coach of Charmwood's EABL side and does coaching for Leicester Riders as well. So Lewis, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm all good, thank you very much. Um, so how is your coaching career going so far? Uh, it's going good, you know. It's my it's my first year at um, at Charmwood, so first year on on the on the elite side. Um, uh, my my sixth year in the Leicester Riders program. Obviously, came through the community setup, um, but cannot complain. Cannot complain at all. Very lucky, very blessed to be in the opportunities I'm in. Um, yeah, going really well. Good, good. And um, what would you say in coaching has inspired you to get into coaching? To, so in 
to inspire me to originally to get into coaching uh, was was playing originally mm-hmm. was playing wanting you know seeing helping teammates trying to be a good teammate the feeling of when you're a good teammate how does that impact other people that kind of that feeling of fulfillment that yeah. was originally what inspired me you know when you're a good teammate giving out high fives compliment each other and then you see guys go do well and they and they're your guys you know yeah. you feel good about that um and then when i and then when i did um to originally get into coaching i got doing it through work experience um at Loughborough college i did it through work experience and i kind of realized i got that same feeling of being a good teammate playing your role in a team yeah. that same type of fulfillment i got from coaching um from coaching little one seven eight year nine years old i got that same type of fulfillment um and that kind of inspired me to oh okay if if playing doesn't work and i was always very realistic of how good i was as a basketball player if that doesn't work i can still get that that same feeling of joy within the game of basketball that i love from coaching and that just kind of that just gave me the bug to okay let me try and balance do both at the at the start and then from there you know, I carried it on and playing stopped a little bit and coaching picked up. But the the inspiration came from, for me, it, in, internally, I didn't feel any different. Mm. You know what I mean? In that yeah, way. Yeah. And in the, you said six years, didn't you? You've been coaching now. Mm-hmm. In your six years, what would you say is the biggest thing you've learned about coaching? And like you say, you like to get the best out of your players. What would you say you've is something that you do to be able to do that? Yeah, I think... In the, in the in the six years, I've been very lucky to. Um, I started coaching under under tens boys. Do you know what I mean? I started right right in the youngest age group, and in that six years, I, I built up under tens, under 12, 14, 16, 18s, all the way all the way up until university women's, <clears throat> etc. I kind of built built all the way up, and then alongside doing that, I was in the community for five years. I was in schools doing assemblies, doing after school clubs in um in sen schools in all different types of environments doing knife crime projects in linking it to basketball all types of walks of life i was do you know what i mean and i yeah. think what i learned from all of that in those five six years was then relating it to team basketball was player management knowing your players creating a player relationship um knowing who they are as a as a person as alongside knowing who they are as a basketball player um yeah. I take I, I take pride in trying to make sure when a per, when a young person, female or male, plays for me, at the end of that season or halfway through that season or how long it is it takes, I feel like I, at some point within their their time, as me as their coach, I know who they are as a person. I know what motivates them. I know what might get in their head a little bit and bring them down, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. Um, so yeah. <laughs> And you've been around Europe with your coaching as well, like that uh, Sun, was it Sunlight Camp in Portugal? Yeah, Sunlight Basketball Camp, yeah. And um, so when you were going over there, did you see any differences in the type and style of coaching? Definitely when, yes, definitely. I think I think at the time that was about, well, the last one was before COVID, so probably about two, three years, years ago. Um, and obviously I did that for two years. I went and did that camp in Portugal for two years um i think at that time it was a big eye opener to me of um more more player-led stuff um and obviously as my coaching's developed i wouldn't 
I've understood, you know, coach-led, player-led. But at that time, I was around a lot of coaches that were, their style was coach-led, coach-leads. Yeah. Um, I think when I went went over there to them camp, them camps there, the amount, they let the players explore and learn for themselves and figure things out and have more time to, okay, coach is going to give me little bits of guidance, but he's not going to hold my hand. Yeah, and I yeah. think that was that was my biggest thing of 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 that was the biggest thing I noticed. Um, mm. I think sometimes I think he's got. I think this has changed though. I think this has changed a lot now. I think I think a lot more European influence and that kind of thing has came into to lots of different levels of coaching in in England recently. Um, and I think obviously the the standard of playing and coaching in basketball in Great Britain is is, is just improving year and year and year and year it's ridiculous you know the, the trend of it is amazing especially post-covid but I think that was the biggest thing you know the more player-led stuff the amount the players kind of figure things out think for themselves talk amongst each other yeah. and then the coach more just gives them little bits of guidance yeah. rather than holding their hand I think that was the biggest thing I noticed and I guess you can probably get more out of your players as well doing it like that as well because they're obviously learning more yeah I think so I think there's obviously a time and a place for both yeah. Um, I think that's what I think that's something great coaches do. Um, learn, learn when it's when it's time to you to take control and you lead it as a coach, and when it's time to actually let players figure it out. Um, but definitely, if you can balance those two and let players have have their freedom and, and that, I think I think it really does. You can you can see the benefits. You can see teams that you can see the difference in certain teams and that as well when when they're challenged with adversity and etc you you can see it yeah and um so in terms of the still there with the uh, european coaching and stuff like that would you say you could see the clear skill difference from beginning to end like with the with, with the coaching that you were given um i think you could see difference but i will say it's not there's when we took, so when, when I did it to put a bit of context, we took first year, we took about six, seven, eight kids over there. Yeah. And then in, in the, the second or and, and second or third year, I can't really remember the top of my head, we took about 20 plus. And in that 20 plus, there was a good three or four or five that out, either held their own or outshone their kind of the same level of player over there. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I think the base, in, the base standard, um, of of the talent i think in portugal and overseas it was quite higher yeah that's yeah. because basketball is more of a dominant sport out there i think that's a big part of it netball's not really a big thing out there badminton's not really a big thing out there no yeah so I think a lot of especially with the girls and the lads they get in they get a ball in the hands a lot earlier and they get a certain level of coaching a lot earlier yeah so i think you see you see that but i think after the time i think there is a moment where it does level out it does level out and you can see it. Um, but like, like I just said, I think that element of getting the stuff in earlier, especially at the younger age groups, I think you can see, you can, you, you tend to see a, a little bit more of, okay, they've got a little bit of something, a little bit, just a little bit more than you probably do see over here. Yeah. And do you think that's down to just the culture of basketball over here? Yeah, I think, I, I think both ways it's a cultural thing. I think obviously over here, if you're in the basketball scene, you see a completely different picture from what if you're not in the basketball scene. Yeah, yeah. In the basketball scene, you see how how important it is to young people's lives. You see, you know, it might it helps with coordination. You know, you see the culture of how 
good of it as a team sport it is and how together it makes people and yeah etc etc all the things that we make we, if you're in the basketball scene in the UK you know how much why it makes us love the game um, but on the outside I think we can't lie to ourselves obviously you see it the culture of the outside is in England is football, cricket, rugby. Yeah. And it goes down to, you know, everyone, that argument of, of, of all these guys who love basketball waiting and the badminton court and there's two guys playing and you're waiting and then you've got to pay £40 to go and, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah, literally. There's not, there's not really much of that out there. The culture there is, you know, if you, there's more basketball presence, there's more gyms, there's more et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, what makes it tick from an early time. There's more yeah. of that. So, and I think their culture is, you know, that just that's just the oversight of the culture, I guess. Yeah, hundred percent. It's down to you know how people respect and view the game. And when you were over there, did you find that like the average player was like you were saying there? The base players were like the similar, but say if you if you looked at your top, like say fifteen year old or whatever you took there, and then their top fifteen year old, was it a clear difference? Like if you brought him over here, would he shine? Um, yes and no I was very surprised by this mm. and, and it changes and obviously I, I have not I've not seen I'm just going off what I see I've seen in my few years in Portugal you know I've not seen the whole scope I've not seen like the elite of the elite I've seen I've seen elite kids but I've not seen you know guys who are on the FIBA scene and stuff like yeah, that yeah. You probably if you probably put like our most elite and their elite you probably see a difference maybe. But from what I was seeing, like, don't get me wrong, was, there were some special kids out there that I was seeing and it was like, wow, okay. Yeah. You'd, you'd, if you came and played an, an under-18s National League Premier game, you'd probably you'd probably kill it. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. But, but at the same time, I've seen kids, I've seen some of our kids. I remember um, when we took the second, uh, it was, I think it was, I believe, the second year, where actually, funny enough, small world it was when uh, Nathan Connery and Louis Jordan, who played in the ABL team now for for me and Will, yeah, they were out there. We took them out there, and they held their own. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. So, and at the time, like at the time, they were very raw, and they had moments where they both got the best of each other. But if you look at them two now, this them 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 two kids are pretty all right at basketball, I'd mm. say. Yeah, you know, so it's hard. It is hard. It is hard. And obviously, I've not seen the whole scope of it. But from what I've seen, I didn't feel like the British basketball scene was completely out outshadowed. Yeah, that's yeah. good then. To be fair, um, with the in terms of coaching and over there, was there anything that you'd see like a European coach that maybe you didn't see coming up when you were coaching, and you're like, oh, you know what, I'll use that with my team. Yeah, for sure. But I've, I think it, when I was I was there, I was very lucky to have um, a lot of experienced guys. Around experience Yeah, a lot of yeah, experienced yeah. coaches, guys that have done 10, 15, 20, plus, whatever. And um, yeah, I, I, I stole something off every single one of them. Yeah. Put it straight into action straight away. Um, obviously, that's like, that's one of the, one of the things like all coaches should do, you know, that's a compliment. Go take something from someone else, put your spin on it, and do your yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, there was loads. Every drill, like every other drill, I'm like, okay, let me, let me remember that one. Making a little note. Write it down. Yeah. And then you go try it with 
I'd, uh, there was a couple of drills they did out there. I'd, I remember I used to bring, I brought them back and put them into, uh, tried them in, in the schools. And it was so interesting to see how they transferred. Mm. Um, and then, you know, some you have to dumb them down a little bit. Sometimes you have to make them a little bit harder um, yeah. uh, and develop it. But no, nicking drills left, right, centre. Good job, mate. Um, with the, so obviously you saying earlier you were coaching through under 10s, under 12s, under 14s. Do you think the way that the game was played from when you were growing up has, has changed a lot? I think, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, obviously, um, from from when I, when I was playing more, how many years was that? Like, like, it's only like six years ago. I think the trend of like shooting the ball more, et cetera, was there. I think mm. it was on the cusp of it. But... Um, Obviously, that like, but now the trend of the game is definitely going more fast paced, more shooting the ball, yeah, you know, all of that stuff. Um, so yeah, and I think, I think obviously, like, I think then, yes, we were still a lot of you know, you know, guys like Steph, etc., were, were definitely on the scene and everyone was influenced, but yeah, it's still coaches were still very, I think, were still very much you would get more coaches that were all right, let's put the ball inside, let's do this, yeah, yeah, let's run this, do it. I think now. There's a lot more player freedom, a lot more shooting the ball at high rate, a lot more, you know, eight, nine, ten second offense, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And that leads on to the next question, actually. I was going to say, do you think that is because of the NBA? I think so, yeah. I think obviously everyone looks up to kids look up to that. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think I think it has to be, yeah. Like it, it's a it's the NBA is obviously one of our biggest influencers. Mm. Um and ultimately, I think whatever direction they trend in, the basketball universe does follow, whether we yeah. like it or not. I know, I know, like there's the argument of the NBA is a player player led league, where yeah. somewhere like Europe is the is a coaches led led league, and you'll always pick which one you prefer. Um, but I think you see similarities in those two and junior basketball of the game speeding up. Guys having to do, you know, you see your three, four, five men who are six, six to six, ten, whatever, have to do a little bit of everything. You can't just be one. Yeah. You can't be one-dimensional player anymore, for sure. Yeah, I guess unless you're like a Rudy Gobert or someone. Yeah, yeah. He's not trying yeah. to change his game for no one. <laughs> but what, what would you say that you like? If if you could describe basketball or define basketball, would you look more to the European style of like more fundamental or like? the NBA where they are shooting and playing more flashy, like with the dunks and stuff like that. Yeah. I think, I think if you're like, uh, when we tell our, our kids, we, we say, watch Euro league. Yeah. And as a coach, I know I take a lot more from the Euro league and the European scene than uh, the NBA. Um, I think it just transfers more. Obviously there's rule differences as well. Um, I think a lot of the things you see in the NBA it's hard for it's hard for it to transfer over over here. It's hard for it to transfer the game. It's a totally different game. Obviously, like I said, different rules. You know, different different breeds. Like they're the yeah. talent level. They're the best people in the world. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Just freaks. freaks. Yeah, some of the things they can do as an individual is ridiculous. Um, but you know, I think it obviously it's more of a. I think at times it's more more of a team game over here, and Euroleague is more of a team game. X's and O's. Yeah, tactical, you know, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so I'd say, yeah, the Europe scene for, for sure. 
um, just because of just because of the ability to transfer it over. Definitely. And what? So you're just talking about rule changes or oh, rule differences there. What are some of the differences between the two? So just like um, like having three seconds in the key and stuff like that. Um, there's, there's there's obviously a couple more, but um, with the Europe scene, I think it's just with those with those rules changes, it forces you to play defense more. You know. Yeah, you can't be in. The, you can't be. Can't be in the in the NBA. I don't watch the NBA that much, but I can't be in the NBA. You know, was it defensive three seconds, five seconds, one of them two? Yeah, like, I think it's three. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you got to get out. Got to get out the paint. Got to mm. get out the paint. So like, obviously, when you do that, what that's going to cause you more. Can't play your zones. You got. You know, you're going to get over yeah. middle drives. You're going to get dunks. You're going to get all of that kind of stuff. But obviously, here in Europe, you can play zone. You can stand in the key. You can do that on defense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. But I think that like that, that rule, like it does change the game more than you think. Yeah, definitely. I was gonna say, would you agree with the statement of the NBA is a entertainment league over anything else? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, an entertainment, a player led league for sure. Yeah. Oh, um. So, if you had to adapt your coaching in any way to, um, obviously be able to win more games with your teams yeah I think all the time I think we've all got all got always trying to adapt always adapting um, every year we adapt obviously to your personnel um, you know injuries who you're playing how you're playing I think you're always um, always having to look to adapt I think if you're staying the same way you get predictable or um, you know, you're easy to scout or whatever. And also, like with like with the kids nowadays, kids nowadays you've got to change it up or they get bored. They yeah. get bored. You know, you got to give them, you got to challenge them. You got to throw different things at them, especially nowadays. You know, they're doing million one things every every time. You know what I mean? Multitasking, all sorts. You got you got to keep them keep them ticking, keep them going. So, yeah, adapting all the time, daily, daily, adapting all the time, trying to change something, trying to. Um, just trying to just trying to keep things on their toes, keep it fresh, keep it keep it fun, keep it engaging, that kind of thing. Yeah. Do you find any struggles, obviously, with your team now, the EABL team at Charmwood? Would you? Uh, how many training sessions a week do you have with them? So, with with the EABL team, uh, they have one training session together um, a week, uh, but then basically we would train four. We have four practices a week, so okay. practice. We have four practices and then it chops and changes on performance on who's specifically in that EABL um, environment and that EABL practice. But they'll have four, three to four practices a week um, alongside individuals and lifting and all of the other stuff. Um, but yeah, three, four, three to four practices a week. You find that with, the, with um, more contact time, it improves the player's uh, skill level or focus? Or do you find that having them... For that amount of time keeps them focused because it's not a full-on 24-7 commitment to the to playing. Yeah, it's a good way, to, it's a good thing to think about. Um, I think it obviously makes it 100 percent makes them better. 100 percent makes it better. Um, I think it also depends on the type of player and the type of type of young young man or woman it is as well. I think yeah. some will absolutely adore it and love it and want to gym, love, you know, live in the gym 100 percent of the time. Yeah. I think some and they, and, and some kids will thrive in that condition and they'll get ten times better from it. I think some other kids they 
It doesn't show, and it doesn't mean to say them two kids love the game any different. They probably love the game just as much. Yeah. But I think some kids, they get in, they get out, they spend more time doing, taking their mind off it or doing other things or be more family oriented or whatever. But then they still got to 100% commit to you, but too much is too much for them. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think other guys, you know, you can never get too much. Um, but I think you get, we get the best out of them most of the time. I think focus levels as well as like, like focus levels are always really high. Um, obviously with the type of program I'm in, 16 to 19 year old student athletes, yeah. you know, a lot of that depends on mocks, exams, yeah. all of that kind of pressure that will alter the way they, the way, the way they practice or the way they play or the energy levels and all of that stuff. Um, but I think being in the environment, 24 seven, pretty much, you know, living away from home or, and all of that kind of stuff. I think it, you know, you got, if you're going to commit to that, you know what you, you know. Yeah, you know, but you got to be about it. You got to be about it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I was, I was going to ask you as well, um, do you find it easier to coach the BBL team or the EABL team, obviously, due to student athletes also having the pressure of the academic side of things opposite to the BBL? So, like with the BBL stuff, I don't really have anything really to do with the BBL guys. Like I'll go and watch a practice every now and again, but oh yeah, I'm not really I'm not on their their their, their like coaching roster or whatever like that. That's that's not my role. But uh, we have a difference between um, EABL and Division Two. Oh, okay. Um, so like, or I could let me let me let me so to, to like help you with that. So with that questionnaire, like we have division we have Division Two and then under 18s. Still Charmwood. Yeah, uh, under 18s, a lot of guys, younger guys, obviously under 18s. Where division two guys, we've got some guys, you know, um, one or two guys who was first year uni has came through the, the program who are still playing it, you know, want to play division two. And then we have a lot of like third years so the 19 year olds, they play in that. Um, and yeah, it's, it's different, it's totally different, but obviously that's just, just down to age and experience and what they've, what they've been exposed to and all of that. And you've got to adapt and coach them differently. Um, you know, ones you can be more player led, ones you can be more coach led, and all of that kind of stuff. But you know, that just comes down because just comes down to age and, like I said, what they've been exposed to and all that stuff. Yeah. And in your coaching career, what do you aspire to get to? Like, where do you want to reach? Um, obviously, at the minute, I'm head coaching the under 18s at, at Charmwood and then assisting with. Um, uh, with the EABL and D2 stuff. So my, I guess my short-term plan would, would be to, you know, I absolutely love the riders. I was a riders kid from from young. So, yeah, you know, I'm quite a, quite a loyal coach. So my ne- obviously my next natural progression within the club would be to head the, head the, the Charmwood Academy and try and head EABL and stuff like that. Um, but um, that's my next, but you know what, I'm, I am really happy. I, as long as I'm getting better every year, I try not look too far ahead. Yeah, not, yeah. Try not look too far ahead. Obviously, everyone has like dreams of stuff and you know ideal idea things of oh, Europe or America or whatever. Mm. Um, and I'd be lying if I'm one of them people like I want to be an NBA head coach. I don't really think like that. No, to yeah. be honest, yeah. I, I just not. That's just not me. Maybe it's maybe like some people like should say you should have a long term goal and. Yeah, that's not really me. I like, yeah. I keep, I think like one, two, three years, you know, in three years, can I do this, you know, little baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. 
and make sure whatever whatever box I'm currently in, let me sure, make sure if I'm ticking that box, yeah, I've you know I've done a good job at it. Um, so I like to be I like to be in the moment a little bit, and I feel like my obviously my natural progression is that um, whenever that if whenever and if that arises, then obviously I'll snap the hand off of the person to do that because yeah. uh, you know it's an amazing role and you know it'd be an amazing thing to do, but. At the same time, I've been very lucky to be in the roles I'm in, I'm in currently. So, you know, I, I, I try and just take it little by little and just not, not to look too far ahead, just focus on the tasks at hand. I guess completing smaller goals anyway is going to lead you to a bigger goal, just naturally yeah. by doing that, by taking off them boxes. Mm. Um. So, okay, I'll get you, just to finish up then, just nice and light, your all-time starting five position by position, what are you going for? And I've had this with a couple of people, so they wanted to change LeBron to a point forward and all that, but we're not accepting yeah. none of that rubbish. Um, <laughs> uh, disgraceful shout. So, yeah, it's got to be position by position. Yeah. Um, we'll obviously, if, if they're a bit questionable, we'll see, we'll see. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm going to say, this is a tricky one. Mm. I would do it off the guys, like I... I loved growing up. Yeah. Are we getting, we're getting them in their prime though, right? Yeah, prime, prime, yeah. But it's not about uh, who would play best together either. It's just like position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd have I'd have prime Steve Nash at the one. Okay. Because that was my first ever jersey. My mum went to went, went to New York one year for, for work. She came back with, um, she just grabbed, I think she just grabbed any jerseys, whatever she liked. <laughs> I was I was I liked basketball, but I was no clue. I was at four or five. I didn't have no clue what was going on. Mm. And it was a Steve Nash Nash jersey. And then when I got older, I actually who is this Steve Nash? Let me. And I was like, okay, he's kind of nice. You're like, bullying it. <laughs> yeah, especially was in his prime. I was like, okay, so I'd have him at the one. I'd have Kobe at the two. Of MJ. Yeah. Yeah. No. That generation. On that generation. <laughs> I'd have Kobe at the two. Um, oh. I'd have I'd have LeBron at the three. Mm. Who were you thinking there? Though, because obviously it wasn't just a straight KD. Yeah, fair, fair. Yeah. I rate that. KD, man. Um, I'd have LeBron at the three. Oh, I don't know. I'm gonna leave. I don't know who I'm at the four. I'm have Shaq at the five. Really? I'm have Shaq at the five. <laughs> Because I'll tell you what, with okay. Shaq, okay. I have Shaq at the five. I think and I, I, he would be one person, prime Shaquille O'Neal would be the person I would love to have seen live. Yeah. Do you know yeah. What I, mean? like, I would have loved to have seen, imagine him, you know, like front row seats, whatever, when he was in his prime, I think that would have been like incredible. Because he's almost a bit intimidating, just how big he like how big yeah, he was. the way he used to carry himself and mm. the aggression and all of that stuff. Like I'd I'd want him in, if I was the coach, I want him in the five just to watch just to watch him just as a fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just to watch him yeah. I was that's interesting though, because as a, obviously as a coach like you are, I was thinking maybe like a Hakeem with the footwork. Yeah, yeah. Because oh some of the film I've seen of him, wow. Yeah, yeah, he's wow. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I need, I just need to witness that Shaq in his prime. Mm. Shaq in his prime. The four is hard. The four is hard. 
because there's so many different ways you could, I like I like to play yeah. like the four. You know, sometimes you get the stretch shooter four. Yeah. Sometimes you, know, sometimes you might go like Rodman and undersize at the four and just crazy rebounding. Yeah, literally. But do you know you know I'm gonna go for just because just because I think he's he I don't know if we've ever seen his prime yet. That's great. I'm gonna go Yanis. Yeah, fair. That's interesting though. Wow, Yanis over like Dirk. Yeah. Or, or Timmy D. And that's his, yeah, there, that's where you go hard. That's where it's mm. hard. Or you even Garnett, I mean? you could shout Garnett up there. Yeah, Garnett. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd love, think would be I'd love to have seen Kevin as well. Kevin yeah. Garnett, he's the one as a fan. I'd have loved to have seen him in his prime. Mm, 100%. You know what I mean? He's contagious, he is. Yeah. He's contagious. So but I'd go, I'd go Yanis. I just think, you know, I've what as much as I appreciate Tim Duncan and and Kevin Garnett, they were just I was just a little bit too young to be watching yeah. their greatness when they was in their prime. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Where Yanis is obviously my my um my hero a little bit more. Um so yeah, that's quite a modern vibe, really. It's, uh, it's it is fair. Do you think we have got more to see from Yanis though? Or do you think, think he's so. coming, he's where he is and he's just gonna constantly keep doing it? Yeah, I think the shot. I think he. I think we could. I think we still got a couple of levels to go with his shot. Yeah, I've seen a couple of clips on Twitter over this year of reviewing him from like last year. I think he's so. Under, I think he's gone a bit under the radar this year, but his shot's getting better. Like, really, slightly. Not not crazy. It's not. Get me wrong. It's nothing. He's still got a lot to do. Mm-hmm. But I think if he gets that right, then it's that could be, be game wild. over. Yeah, it could be wild. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Well, it's been great, mate. Thank you for coming on. No, I really appreciate it. And then once I'll just stop this here.